Mike Broomhead, welcome back to your show. It is good to be back. Um, by the way, I want to say something to you. Congratulations. Uh, 1,000 episodes of Silent Witness. Yeah, this is 20 years that we've been is doing this. amazing. What an accomplishment Incredible. And uh, I tell you what, my heart has really been in this trying to find some justice for families who've been victimized. It's, I, I, it's heart-wrenching to hear some of the stories. Let me put you on the spot. Can you think of a case, can you think of something that happened with Silent Witness where something was solved that really touched you? wasn't one that was solved that really touched me, um, but one of the first cases I did was uh, I went and interviewed an elderly widow in Sun Lakes uh, whose husband of 62 years was killed when he tried to hang on to her purse when a purse snatcher in a car drove by and grabbed it. He ended up getting dragged underneath the car. Oh. It happened at a Home Depot. Yeah. And I sat there with her in her home and she told me how they met when she was 14 at a carnival in their hometown and they rode the carousel together. Wow. And, uh, yeah, Elvis Johnson was his name. Her name was Vivian. I'm not sure if she's still around either. They were both in their 80s. So. Well, we always, <clears throat> we talk about trying to make a difference with the voices we have right. and you sure have been for 20 years. So congratulations. That is I, uh, one heck of an accomplishment. And you know what? It's the community that is uh, really to thank for this, for, for being active participants in keeping our community safer. Forever humble. There, that, that was just, it's so great of you to do. Thanks, Jamie. And and congratulations again. 1,000 episodes of Silent Witness and uh, all the great work that Jamie's been doing for such a long time. She deserves a lot more credit than she'll take for it. Good morning, everyone. I'm glad to be back. Was in New York for a few days. Was at a border summit yesterday down in Tucson. We'll talk about that a little while. At 9.05, Clint Hickman, chairman of the County Board of Supervisors, comes in to discuss um, what happened when this report by Mark Burnovich was finally released. When, As the AG, they investigated election integrity in the 2020 election. And apparently, not even apparently, we now know that the full report was withheld and it was released by the current attorney general, Chris Mays. And it has a big effect on a lot of people, um, the, the, certainly within Republican Party circles. There was uh, – and I'm, I'm going to give you my opinion now. Whether or not the candidates would say this or not, I don't know. But the tone, the tenor, and the direction and the focus could have been changed by this report. It would have been a Republican AG putting out a report that showed no widespread fraud in the 2020 election. That would have really doused, I believe, there would have still would have been a lot of people with election deniers that were election deniers that thought it was stolen. But I do not believe it would have been the focus that it was. I was at a lot of events during the Republican primary. I had the privilege of moderating a bunch of debates. And I will tell you that it was the number one issue in the Republican Party primary. And if you look at the candidates that won in these races, the MAGA candidates all won their primaries. Every Trump-endorsed candidate won the primary, and every Trump-endorsed candidate lost in the general. And that is a huge effect on party politics, but on politics in politics as well. But it also has caused a lot of strife. It's caused a lot of pain for people because, well, you know, I took the least of it. But when I came out and said that it wasn't stolen, we have to move on, we have to focus on 2022, I, I was getting invited quite often to speak at events within the party and different clubs. That all stopped. 
Um, I don't know what was said about me behind my back. I don't really care. I didn't care then because I'm not running for office. And but the people that were running for office, I, I, you know, I don't care who you are. And Mark Burnovich was one of them. Uh, when you're running for an office, you have to cater to the voters whose vote you want. And there is absolutely no doubt that there were people out there that refused to say that the election was stolen, but they couldn't come out and say that it wasn't. Because if they did, it was a it was it was it was political suicide. And so people were silenced. That, again, was the least of it. Should people have been more uh, forthright? Should people have just stood on their principles? Hindsight always says that it was easy for me to do because I wasn't running for office. I don't cater to a a political party. I don't cater to leadership. Um, I'm not looking to hammer anyone out of spite or out of anger. I'm just here to tell you what I think about what's going on. And so I was insulated from any fallout. But there's a lot of people that were running for powerful positions within party politics and in nominations for offices. And I will tell you, it put them in a very weird, precarious position. It also was the number one topic talked about within Republican circles, and then it was the number one thing talked about in general elections. And it could have been easily, easily could have been diminished, not gone away, but would have diminished had this report come out publicly and had um, the former attorney general just said, I don't know what to tell you. These are the findings. You decide what to do with it. And that's not what happened. As a matter of fact, a little bit of the opposite happened. We um, had uh, just about a year ago, on April 8th of 2022, I had the attorney general on the show. And you're going to hear my question and his response to the question about widespread fraud. In this report, did you find any evidence of widespread fraud? What the report basically did was provide an initial update to Senator Fan regarding our initial review of the um, 2020 election. Now, as you know, Mike, and I've said this from the beginning, and a lot of folks on the left and right have been critical, is that look, I'm limited what we can say while we have investigations ongoing. So I'm not going to reach a con- legal conclusion. So that's kind of walking the fence. And I want to be clear about something. Um, and just to be fair and full disclosure, I have known Mr. Bernovich for a long time before he was the AG. We're not very close friends, but I've known him. He's been on the show a number of times. We've had conversations off the air about things. Very affable, very nice person. So this is not this is not something that I take joy in saying. This certainly isn't an I told you so moment for me. I feel bad for the voters in Arizona. I certainly feel bad for Republicans in Arizona that believed something that wasn't necessarily provable. Whether you believe it's true or not, every detective, anybody in law enforcement, prosecutors will tell you it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. Now, we have here another example of a Republican who had that office do this review that came to the conclusion that there's no proof of widespread fraud in the 2020 election. How different, and any of you out there that are on my side of the political aisle, whether you're a registered Republican or you're an independent that just leans to the right, how different do you think your primary choices would have been? How different would the conversations have been had this report been revealed and been discussed? That's something important for all of us. So he he makes a comment about the election of 2020. Everyone should be concerned about the, the way the 2020 election was handled. They, he said that on my show. Same interview, same day, April 8th, 2022. 
So um, he talked about 2022 and vulnerabilities. Based on what we've looked at so far, what we've the parts we've completed, the 2020 election in Maricopa County revealed serious vulnerabilities. And I'm going to ask Clint Hickman about that statement, about serious vulnerabilities, because there is a difference between cheating and vulnerabilities. Um, And we and I want to be careful just because as upsetting as this was for me and not for myself so much, but for the other people that I had talked to behind the scenes who had said to me. Keep saying what you're saying. I wish I could say what you're saying, but because of the position I'm in, I can't. I can't fully say what I want. You take a look at what, what's going on here. There's an obligation to release the report, in my opinion. There was an obligation to just tell tell it like it is. Mark Burnovich was in a very tough spot. He was running for the nomination to be a United States senator, and in that nomination process – He knew if his office came out with a report that said they couldn't find widespread fraud, it would have been the death of his campaign. That I know for a fact. It would have been over. It turns out he didn't win the nomination anyway, but there would have been no chance. It's unfortunate. I'm just telling you that within party leadership, that was the number one driver of everything. Everything in the Republican Party. So is the page going to be turned now? Are more people going to feel comfortable saying, I knew it? Are some people going to be comfortable saying, I didn't really think it was stolen, but we definitely should have moved on in 2022. We shouldn't have focused on it the way we did. Is this now going to give some breathing room for people on the right side of the aisle to finally speak out and say what they've all thought all along? I mean, if you look behind the scenes of what's happening with the Dominion thing and the huge lawsuit against Fox News and what they're saying that the hosts that a lot of people what they were saying publicly to their audience and what they were saying behind the scenes is it going to be where people are more comfortable saying we have to move on this is what it is at least i hope that's the the um, what you would call the silver lining on this dark cloud so again clint hickman is going to join me um, coming up at 9.05. In a moment, we're going to talk about where I was yesterday at a border summit. What I learned from some of the most learned, knowledgeable people on the topic. We're going to do that coming up here in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Uh, we are just about 20 minutes away. I say 30 minutes away. I apologize. 30 minutes away from our interview with Clint Hickman. He will join us in studio. He is the chairman of the County Board of Supervisors and has been uh, now feels, um, um, I think, probably vindicated. And I'm going to ask him that about some of the accusations against the county, the Board of Supervisors, and uh, some of the death threats and horrible things that were he was uh, facing. So we'll talk about that in about 30 minutes. Um I was down in Tucson yesterday with former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, also with um, a sheriff from New Mexico, a sheriff from Indiana, uh, former members of Congress from across the country, um, Congressman Juan Siscomani from southern Arizona. And it was a it was um, 
a great summit on border solutions. It wasn't just a complaining session. During the uh, the time I was there, Governor Hutchinson was interviewed by Fox Business uh, about the forum that was going on, and it was it was a very well presented time. I was I, I was honored. They asked me to come in keynote speech to the lunch after, which was intimidating enough after hearing all the experts speak on it. But they talked about enforcement. They talked about how it affected the community, and uh, and uh, Congressman Siskamani summed it up the best by saying that you can talk about this issue in three buckets, he called it. Um, immigration, trade, and commerce, and security, border security. Those are the three pillars, the three legs of the stool. They operate independently, like we have three branches of government. But it was interesting to hear them talk about how they all work together and how border security is the number one in all of this. So it was interesting while I was listening and taking notes. It reminded me of a video that I had watched uh, a piece of years ago. Goes back to 2009. I believe it was in April or maybe June of 2009. I want you to hear Senator Chuck Schumer. You want to know how much has changed. He now calls Title 42 evil. He calls the Republican heartless and evil and what's happening on immigration. I would, this is a cut into two parts. They're about a minute each. I want you to hear Senator Chuck Schumer and what he had to say in a speech he gave about ending illegal immigration. This is Chuck Schumer in 2009. We must create a system that converts the current flow of primarily low-skilled illegal immigrants into the United States into a more manageable and controlled flow of legal immigrants who can be absorbed by our economy. Let me elaborate. The first of these seven principles is that illegal immigration is wrong, plain and simple. Until the American people are convinced that we will stop future flows of illegal immigration, we will make no progress on, on dealing with the millions of illegal immigrants who are here now and on rationalizing our system of legal immigration. That's so let's stop there for a moment. This is Senator Chuck Schumer saying the first of seven pillars, and we're not going to go through all seven. The first of seven pillars is that illegal immigration is wrong, that we have a flow of illegal immigrants that are low skilled for the most part, and we must stop this to bring in higher skilled people that could uh, that could uh, we could be absorbed in our economy. That's Chuck Schumer. He's not done. Plain and simple and unavoidable. When we use phrases like undocumented workers, we convey a message to the American people that their government is not serious about combating illegal immigration, which the American people overwhelmingly oppose. Isn't it interesting? I have said on the show many times that we have watered things down by calling everybody a migrant. And I get a lot of heat for that because it, people say that I am trying to label uh, people coming into the country illegally with a scarlet letter. And I said, no, what it does is it diminishes the people that have done it the right way. Chuck Schumer, in this speech in 2009, refused to use the phrase undocumented migrant or undocumented immigrant because he said that people will not believe the government takes this seriously. If you believe it's illegal, say it's illegal. He goes on. This is so fascinating. If you don't think it's illegal, you're not going to say it. I think it is illegal and wrong, and we have to change it. Pretty amazing. Above all else, the American people want their government to be serious about protecting the public, 
enforcing the rule of law, and creating a rational system of legal immigration that will proactively fit our needs rather than reactively responding to future waves of illegal immigration. People who enter the United States without our permission are illegal aliens, and illegal aliens should not be treated the same as people who entered the U.S. legally. To the advocates for strong, fair, effective, comprehensive immigration reform, and I'm certainly one, I say to you that the American people will never accept immigration reform unless they truly believe that their government is committed to ending future illegal immigration. And any successful comprehensive immigration reform bill must recognize this fact. Hey, if I'd have told you this morning that you were going to agree with something Chuck Schumer had to say, and if you disagreed with me, I'll bet you $100 to St. Mary's Food Bank or St. Vincent de Paul, you'd have lost that bet, wouldn't you? Chuck Schumer sounds like a border hawk. And he is saying what the Republicans are saying now, which is the American people are not going to have settle for any kind of immigration reform until we secure our border, until we are sure that we will not be faced with future waves of illegal immigrants into this country. The American people are not going to settle for any kind of immigration reform. He said he was in favor of immigration reform, just like I have been saying as a private citizen. But what I've also said is border security is first. No laws matter without border security. Why is it? Why is it that in the middle of this debate, anytime you see a debate and there's somebody that is has done a 180 on a topic, it always comes back to bite them. It always comes back where somebody says, well, do you remember when you said this? Why is this not in the middle of this debate right now? I mean this sincerely. As the Republicans are getting hammered for what they're saying on immigration reform and border security, why is Chuck Schumer still out in front saying exactly the opposite of what he said in 2009? This is not a left-right issue. This is a right-wrong issue. Coming up in just a moment, Gatos joins me. It's the Big Q poll question of the day, so stick around for it. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, happy Friday, Gatos. Hey, nice of you to show up this week. Yeah, it's good to be back. (laughs) I felt like you for a couple of days. Hey, don't you dare rip me. I like to go on vacation. (laughs) No kidding. You really weren't on vacation, though. You were in New York. You were all over the place yeah. doing all that stuff. So. Yeah, I was. I was in New York uh, you, for two days, uh, and well, actually two and a half days, and then I was in Tucson yesterday. You, you missed all the Burnovich stuff. That was a that was that wow is that big story? Yeah, holy cow! I am. Uh, I'm playing it. I'm playing the inter- the audio of the interview I did with him a year ago in April, where he didn't find any widespread fraud. So yeah, the, uh, Hickman's going to be in studio with me at nine oh five. This is a huge story, I think. Oh my gosh, I, I haven't. I I don't know, man. Is it, you and I love this state. Like if, if there's one thing I know about you. And I hope that there's one thing people know about me. We've been here probably around the same time. I love this state. Mm-hmm. And when someone, when someone does something like what he did to us, he made us the laughing stock. He continued the big lie. You know, he he could have just he could have come out and said, "Hey, listen, we do a really good job with elections," and and that could have been the narrative going forward. And he decided to be a coward and cover it up. I take it personally. Yeah, I live here, and I don't like people dumping on this state. And he allowed it to continue to happen. Yeah, 
I think that yeah, this could have from a you know again I you know the difference between you and I am. I'm a re- registered Republican. You're an independent. So I was in a lot of those circles during the election cycle. And there definitely would have could have been a different focus. I'm not saying that the election deniers wouldn't still have existed, but that would not right. have been the number one focus throughout that election cycle had that information come out from a Republican attorney general. Yeah. Uh, and since I could be very petty at times, I'll give you my uh, big Q poll question. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. All right. Uh, would you like to, here it is, would you like to contribute to my GoFundMe page to help pay for moving Mark Burnovich out of Arizona? Uh, I I think you're probably a yes. You've got a few bucks. I'll say this. I, if I'm Mark Burnovich, I move. I just lied to every single voter in the state of Arizona. Everybody thinks I'm a clown. I probably can't go sit in a restaurant with someone, you know, giving me the nasty eye. So I am all I am fine with funding his move. I don't want him here. I think he's a bad for the state. And I, I, I say this honestly. I don't think he could show his face anywhere right now. So I'd be happy to fund his move. So would you like to contribute to my GoFundMe page, Mike? How much? Whatever you got, man. What do you like? Half your salary, I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, throw I'm not, in, throw I'm in not that money. angry. I'm not that angry. You're not I'm that angry. angry. Not that angry. How about a day's? How about a day's pay? Ooh, That's pretty I'm, good for you. I'm not that angry either. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I need a zero at the end and maybe something in front of it. Oh, I'll give you. All right, I'll do that. I'll, I'll give you a zero. One zero. Sure, sure. absolutely. I'm in. You give me, you'll start it with $10. Sure. How about 100 You could do 100 bucks. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm out of time. Give me 100 All right, you got it. All right, I'll see you. Thanks. That's Gatos, the big Q poll question of the day brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers.